Thanks for supporting Satellite Sisters. Leon Dolan here of Satellite Sisters. Stay tuned. Coming up shortly, it's a JV team reunion. That's right. Sheila and Monica on the podcast today while Liz and Julie are out of town. And then after my conversation with Sheila and Monica, a bonus conversation with Ann Bogle. She hosts the great podcast all about books called What Should I Read Next? And her blog, Modern Mrs. Darcy, I I urge you to go check it out right now. It's a beautiful book blog that readers will absolutely love. I love talking to Ann about her reading life, how she picks out books for people, does literary matchmaking, and she has some great book suggestions for the Satellite Sisterhood. So stay tuned after my conversation with Sheila and Monica for a little book talk with Ann Bogle. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Pasadena, California, and I'm very excited today because, first of all, Liz and Julie are out of town, so that always means, woo party for me. <laughs> if Liz isn't telling me what to do all day, uh, but mainly because I managed to get the JV team back together. I mean, when Liz and Julie go out of town, who are you going to call? Who are you going to call Sheila Dolan and Monica Dolan? <laughs> Sheila and Monica, welcome to Satellite Sisters. Thanks, Leon. It's good to be here. Yeah, our team is back together. Really fun. Very excited to be with you today. I know. I mean, I appreciate you working with me. I appreciate your agents being able to get in touch with me and negotiate a good deal so that you're Mm. here. Uh, I know you have very busy lives and schedules, so we're very happy to have you here today. Now, uh, for those of you who are new to Satellite Sisters, Sheila and Monica are two other sisters. Uh, They were on the show for like 16 years. They've been taking some time off, but we're welcoming them back. And I think you're going to enjoy the material. Uh, Sheila, apparently you have a thing you're doing, the five positive signs of aging. That's something you guys have worked up. Okay. Yes. We had actually a pre-production call uh, with a lot of yelling and screaming about technical issues because we forgot how to do a lot of things in the last uh, four or five years. Uh, but yeah, we're ready with five positive signs of aging. All right. And then Monica, something we really haven't had on Satellite Sisters in a while, a category we just like to call tidbits. You got you got some tidbits for I us? got some tidbits, Liam. Tidbits that are evergreen. I'm bringing some information to Sheila I think she might like. And then, you know, a little bit of a rant, maybe a little bit of a rant. Okay, excellent. All right, but first, um, you know, we could have start off with, hey, what you've been doing for the last couple of years? Although you were on our live show in April, so it's not like you haven't been around. We've been on book tours together and appearances. Uh, but I decided to come up with a list of questions so we could just get some answers from you so the listening audience can figure out what you've been up to, what you're doing now, so we don't have to go through a ton of tedious details. Okay, you guys ready? Have you added any new family members to your household? I will start off. Leon, I haven't added any new permanent residents to my house, but I have to say I've had many fine overnight guests, some on extended stay here, which is unusual for me because I don't normally host people here. No, No, you don't. I know. I know. I have a very small house and not everything works in the house. So (laughs) I, I, I enjoy when, when Liz and Leon come to, Portland, they they enjoy staying in hotels, and we're fine with that arrangement, yeah. but really. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good, and we love seeing you, but yeah, we got our own thing going on, so sure. But I did have, uh, well, I had a dog-sitting gig, so that was my first temporary resident. 
I got to dog sit for our brother Dick and Susan, our sister-in-law, their dog, Zipper, who I love very much. Mm. I had, was, he, was he comfortable in the guest room? Well, she was sort of all over. She did not contain herself to the guest room. She was sort of all over the house. She found some comfy spots to sleep. Actually, the comfy spot was right next to me in my bed. So that was excellent. So I had Zipper for three weeks. Um, Dick and Sue went on a long trip, and I just enjoyed that and remembered what it was like to get up really early before work and walk your dog in the rain. Yeah. So I had that experience, but she is just a wonderful little dog. I loved her. And then I have hosted our niece and nephew many times here. Well, not many, a few times. Okay. Which is great. And, you know, I love being, this is Leo and Fiona, uh, my nephew and niece that live in Bend. And for some reason, they had to make some Portland stops, like flights didn't go through or there was like an overnight stay in Portland. So I'm now running what I call the Portland Hostel. Sure. And this is, I provide um, a Wi-Fi password. <laughs> A bed or bedding, <laughs> because someone's going to be on the couch or the floor. I've been providing, like, chips, some light snacks, <laughs> a frozen pizza, and one beer each, because I know they're not going to drive after that. Oh, so, oh, that's excellent, Monica. And, you know, I, I, it's some basic, basic amenities here, but what I found is that, um, I believe my house is perfect for certain groups of people. That is children under 21 <laughs> and Jack Russell Terriers. <laughs> they think this place is the Taj Mahal. So, so that's what I got going here. Temporary residence. Okay. Ooh. All right. All right. Sheila, you're still a household of one, it sounds like. I'm still a household of one. And as you sisters know, I started my own tutoring business four years ago. So I work from home during the morning and the mid morning. And then I go out uh, after school to do my tutoring. Uh, and it does get lonely, I admit. So uh, I, I, I don't, I haven't invited any members into my family, but I did invite, um, I did invite the mailman and over Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yes. To offer him some chocolates I wanted to re-gift. I didn't want chocolates in the house. And I had him, he didn't want to step over the threshold, mm -hmm. which I appreciate. They're probably not allowed to. They're probably not allowed to. Yeah. <laughs> According to federal guidelines. <laughs> um, <laughs> so instead of offering the single uh, chocolate, I just gave him the whole box. Yeah. Way and, to go. And, and um, that was nice. That was pleasant. Um, and that's, that, that's what about it. Saying Sheila is no new family members, just one brief encounter <laughs> with mail mail. Yes. <laughs> to okay. sum up your year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Second question. Uh, it's a toss up. Either one of you can answer or both. Have you added any new skills to your resume since we last talked? Oh, I've added so many skills, Leanne, uh, being self-employed. Yeah. Um, so, uh, first of all, and, and running a tutoring business from my apartment, um, I think my number one new skill is laminating. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mom loved laminating. She did. 
I am obsessed with laminating. I have a I have a portable laminator that I enjoy so much, and it matches my printer, which I use constantly printing out materials. So I go right from my Canon printer to my portable uh, laminator, and my paper cutter is beyond uh, belief. It is so sharp. So I am just laminating and cutting constantly. Wow. That, <laughs> wow. That is, that's not the skill I thought you might say. So laminating. I, first of all, I'm glad to know you have a laminator. So um, in case I ever have any laminate needs. Excellent. Okay. Right. Yeah, come on down. The sleeves are a little costly, Lynn. Okay. So if you have a big, <laughs> no, if you have a big laminating job, I might ask you to buy your own sleeves. Yeah. <laughs> because I tend to go through them uh, like there's no tomorrow. And I think the other big skill that I've, uh, again, in, in this, mom loved this store and I have come to love this store in my in my self-employment, I have become a fashionista, a TJ Maxx Maxinista. Oh, really? I mean, I, yes, I, I, I am full tilt into TJ Maxx from housewares to fashion to uh, dishes and all sorts of things. So I think I'm official, officially a fashionista. I think you're officially mom. You're laminating and going to TJ Maxx. I mean... Oh my God. And who would ever think that I could turn into mom in just four short years? No, no one ever, <laughs> even over a I lifetime. It, sound, it sounds like you're running some sort of world headquarters <laughs> with, with all your machines lined up. Okay. Up. Really but, cut down on your counter space. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Everything's out in the living room. You'll, you'll see when you come and visit. Okay. Do you right. provide bedding? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't have any new skills, Leon. Except okay. for I, I've been making this lemon tortellini soup. It's <laughs> 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 the only skill I can think of. It's not really a skill. It's just following a recipe. <laughs> it's something new for me. It's yeah. on the regular rotation now. Like every week I make it. For <laughs> Sounds good, okay. though. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay, next question. Uh, what is your regular drink at Starbucks? Just wondering, Sheila, I know you're a regular there. I was a regular, Leanne. Oh. And re oh, so again, going back to self-employment, mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to cut down on costs. So what I did was I bought a Nespresso machine. So my routine is this. I get up, and I immediately make myself a double Nespresso. And then you laminate? You laminate? <laughs> you laminate the napkin? <sighs> okay. I, um, I have a milk frother. I do the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Then I go to my office, which is the living room, and I check my emails. Mm -hmm. uh, no, but then, um, yeah, then I check my emails. And then, I'm sorry to say, I still go out for a small coffee. I need like a regular drip coffee. And for that, I go to Bristol Farms. Okay. Okay. You, okay. you, need, to up, you need to up your commissary game <laughs> in, your, in your world headquarters. Get some, some employee cafe. <laughs> no, but I go to visit my friend Faye, who's there every morning. 
and Faye lives in the neighborhood, and we have a little coffee clutch together. It's my other human contact. Yeah, that's um, true. When you work at home, you need you need to do something to speak to people. Yeah. Okay, but, but then, now remember, I head out for work at 3 o'clock. Yeah. And I work sometimes till till 8. So in between. Ooh, five hours, Monica. <laughs> She's pulling a five-hour shift. Yeah. Okay, so in between clients, uh, sometimes I, I falter and I get really tired. I stop at Starbucks, and my new drink at Starbucks is not coffee-based. It's tea-based. And again, oh, my God, I just realized I've turned into mom. mom. <laughs> Earl, Earl Grey tea in the late afternoon. Do you remember mom used to drink that every day? Yeah, Earl if, Grey. If you start buying Lorna Dunes, <laughs> then you are mom. <laughs> okay, check it out. I get a medium Earl, uh, medium tea with two Earl ba- Earl Grey bags in it, steamed soy, and one pump of sugar-free vanilla. It is the most delicious drink. That is so new for you. Wow. Isn't, isn't yeah. that fresh and new? But it's, it's mom. It's basically mom with a twist. <laughs> What's amazing is I just made these questions up. Like, I didn't talk to you guys first. <laughs> And say, oh, Sheila, you have a complicated new drink. Star- okay. That was just an actual question. Monica, do you, are you any, do you have anything regular? I'm not a regular Starbucks goer, but okay. I take the stroll. The, the coworkers like to stroll to Starbucks in the afternoon and I go with them. And I did notice something new on the menu. I haven't tried it. The smoked butterscotch latte. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do you think? Oh, I think it sounds great. Yeah. Maybe with a sleeve of Lorna Dunes. <laughs> a nice smoked butterscotch in the afternoon. Mm. To try that out. I really like enjoy dirty chais. What is that? And I thank you, Leanne, for asking because Liz said the same thing to me um, over Thanksgiving when we were in bed. It's a great, it's chai with a shot of espresso in it. Dirty oh. chai. Check it out. That's okay. If I have to treat myself to something, this is like once a month, that's what I'm going to do. The dirty chai. Okay. All Ooh. right. Okay. Next question. New discoveries in the fruit products area. I know people love you as the lab rats. We know you're out there seeking out new food products. Any recommendations? Anything you loved? Uh, this is Sheila. I discovered a new product, which I'm crazy about. It, and now I, my meal, my meal plan is complicated because I work from home. So I have been, <laughs> but my basic needs, my basic desires to eat healthy are still the same. Mm-hmm. So I'll do a lettuce based salad with a protein. And at night, sometimes I'm on the road. So I'll pack again, another salad with some kind of protein. I discovered a frozen entree called Grainful. Oh my gosh. These are the best frozen entrees. They are, listen to this, non-GMO. They're gluten-free. They're whole grain. They're an excellent source of fiber. (laughs) (laughs) You're just reading the product menu. You're reading the box now. Is that what you're doing? No, no. Brain needs fiber. Um, and no, but here's the key for me. 
low sodium. There, there are no frozen entrees out there that are low sodium, right, Leanne? I mean, right. you know this. Yes, I do know this. Yeah, it's why I don't eat a lot. Yeah, you, you can get into a trap with frozen food. Yes, and I don't eat frozen foods of, of any other frozen foods but grainful. That, listen to the variety. They have um, a porcini mushroom chicken. They have a Tuscan <laughs> bean and kale. Uh, they have um, a Thai curry option, a chana masala, oh. and veg- veg- vegetarian chili. <laughs> wow, this is fascinating. Yeah, I, I get, no, but um, again, I, I just really love them. They're uh, they're four ninety nine on sale <laughs> at Vons this week, <laughs> and um, okay. uh, they're really handy for me. Okay, Monica, that's, that was quite an endorsement. Sheila, do you have anything in, that you love that much? I work in neurology, so I appreciate the brain part of it, that you're thinking about your brain. Okay. All right, next question. Are you boycotting any companies or products? Any? I you Monica are. is. Yeah. I, I am a boycott of one. So I have a favorite movie theater downtown, and it has gone to the all-assigned seating model, okay. which, okay. don't get me started, but I do not endorse that. I find that very annoying because I notice people come in, they have an assigned seat. So now there is a lot of people sitting in the wrong seats, and the right the people come with the seat tickets. Everyone has to get up and move around. People are stumbling around in the dark looking for their seat assignment. This is all very annoying to me. Why can't you just get there early and find an open seat? Um, so let me take it a step further. As a single moviegoer, I prefer to have an aisle seat. And sometimes I'm on call for my job. And so if I go to the movies when I'm on call, I need to be able to get up and leave. I don't want to disturb anyone. So I go to the automatic ticket kiosk and I purchase what I think is an aisle seat. And it will not allow me to sit there because I am a party of one. Okay. okay. That's wrong. That's that wrong. is so wrong, Monica. Thank you, Sheila. It is for It forces me to like be grouped up in the middle with a bunch of strangers I don't know. It will not allow me to purchase the single ticket. And I, I really, this really made me mad. It made me so mad. I went on the website and I wrote a comment to them about, Ooh, yeah, think, all right. About discriminating against singles. And I said, I've been a very, you know, loyal customer of your movie theater, but I don't think I'll be able to, go see movies there by myself again. So until they change that, I don't know if they've changed it. Um, until they change that, I'm not going to that movie theater anymore. All right. Wow. Norma Ray. Yeah, Norma Ray. <laughs> <laughs> okay. St- stand up. Don't stumble in the dark, Monica. <laughs> <laughs> I'm standing up for myself. Standing up for the aisle seats. Did right. you have another another boycott, Monica? No, it just I'm just boycotting one thing at a time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I this is Sheila. I I do a lot of shopping now, and uh, one of my regular stops is Trader Joe's, and I noticed that I was eating a lot an unusual amount of salsa 
and um, and and <laughs> and just scooping out salsa and, and really eating it. Sometimes just eating it plain. And then I realized, uh, and I talked to my daughter Ruthie once a week. And sometimes salsa would come up and. And Ruth would say, you know, salsa is so delicious. I can't stop eating it. It's like, I can't stop eating it either. Come to realize there's a lot of hidden sugar in the Trader Joe's salsa line. So just starting today, I am boycotting the Trader Joe's salsa. I don't believe salsa should have sugar in it and therefore lead to uh, copious um, eating. Is that right? You were used to the word copious. So, I don't know. Yeah. So you're announcing it right now live on the show. I mean, this is yes. exciting. Okay. And someone else may have had this uh, experience where they couldn't stop eating Trader Joe's salsa, couldn't figure out why. It is the sugar in the salsa. Okay. All right. <laughs> wow. You guys are really hitting it out of the park with these questions. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, we haven't talked to you in a few years, yeah, so no. we have a lot of bottled up emotions. I can see that. <laughs> okay, we're moving on to any resolutions or themes for 2018. Okay, well, this is Monica. I'm not very good at resolutions. I, I thought I would make a resolution to uh, prepare my will. I know that sounds a little morbid, but I, I do have some assets, this very small house, and so I sent away for a will kit where I guess you do it online and it's like a minimal fee with a lawyer that helps you. And so far, that will kit has just been sitting in my email inbox for like four months. So I'm not good at resolutions, but I do have a theme. And this came to me last week because I had to approach my boss at work and just ask him to do something. And I started with, I said, you know what? Just keep an open mind. Okay, <laughs> good one. Yeah. So that is my theme for 2018. Keep an open mind. Oh, that's an excellent one, Monica. Thank you, Leon. I mean, Sheila and Leon. Uh, so it means a couple things. Don't be quick to judge people because you don't know what they're going through. Just keep an open mind. It also means try new things. Don't be afraid to try new things. Just keep an open mind about trying something new. And also it means keep learning. So keep reading, be informed. I think that's the way to have an open mind. So that is my theme. Keep Excellent. And I keep an open mind about everything except for that assigned seating at that movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. well, that sounds good. You know, Monica, uh, I have a giant whiteboard at home where I that I used in my teaching, and now I put my corporate headquarters. <laughs> it's, it's my corporate headquarters reminder board right now. And at the start of the year, I just decided to write "Happy New Year, everyone," <laughs> <laughs> and and then I, I put I wrote "Let's have." more joy and I I left it up there for me not for you know the, of course it's just me um and and it's been helping me look just <laughs> reminding myself um that I'm I'm now crazy I'm writing I'm writing messages in the third person uh but anyway um <laughs> no 
I will not really know what my resolutions are until I have my, don't laugh, vision board party, which is coming up in two weeks. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a few women over. We're going to have a fire and then we're going to do, um, I have a fireplace. We're not going to burn my apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, everyone's been instructed to bring items that they'd like to purge. We're going to throw in the fireplace. Then we're going to do some writing. And then we are going to cut and paste out of magazines our visions for 2018. Wow, that sounds like a slumber party from 1973. (laughs) 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 You're cutting stuff out of magazines? Okay. All right. I'm concerned about you throwing things into the fire. I'll be honest. I don't think that's a good plan, but, um, why not land? Well, because it does throw sparks and stuff. Like you should really just burn wood in the fireplace. I am. I'm concerned about like people throwing paper in there or are they throwing like sweaters? I mean, what are they throwing? I, I, that is a good question. You're right, Leanne. I will, I will, I will ask about highly flammable items. Yeah. I I just would. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we could cut out little symbols of those pick, there of those go. items and throw them in. There you go. Write the word on the paper and throw it in. I, I just, oh, yeah. That's yeah. good. That's a good suggestion, Leanne. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Okay. All right. One more and then we're going to take a short break here. But okay. So next one, are you more excited for the Oscars or the Grammys? All right. Th- this was a question that Monica and I were both confused about. Uh, because, you know, read, because I thought I read, are you more excited about the Olympics or the, <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw the O and I was like, um, I think the Olympics, cause I really don't know anything about the Grammys this year. So I didn't even get the question right. Okay. Um, and I really didn't get the question right because I thought I got the golden globes confused with the Oscars. <laughs> And I said to Monica, well, we've already had, you know, the Oscars. Does Leanne want us to talk about that? (laughs) And I had to remind her that was the Golden Globes, not the, we haven't had the Oscars yet. You guys, okay. That was not meant to be a trick question. I thought it was kind of a gimme, actually. I thought it was a little bit of a gimme at the end. Uh, okay. Well, Monica sounds like you're excited for the Olympics and Sheila sounds like you're over the Golden Globes. Would that be fair to say? You're done? Yes, please. Okay. All right. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back. Sheila and Monica have put together five positive signs of aging, and I just can't wait to hear what those are. Stay with us. We're the Satellite Sisters. All right, we're back. This is Leanne here with Sheila and Monica today. The JV team reunited while Liz and Julie are off in Australia. But we're having fun. We don't need to go to another country to have a good time, do we, girls? Not us. No, we're good. All right, so you guys, you pitched five positive signs of aging. I just, I can't wait to hear this. I'm excited for it. What do you got? Well, this is Sheila. Um, As as was proof from our last Oscars and Grammys question, we are definitely getting older. Uh, you know, <laughs> there is de- some definite confusion going on. And, you know, we all know, you know, we're aging. Well, well whatever. But I, I've had some positive experiences with aging recently, and Monica has too. So we put them together, our top five positive signs 
that were aging. Now, number one for me started about a year ago uh, when I started receiving the Tuesday 10% senior discount at Bristol Farm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. 10%. Now, that's good. Now, wait for it. It's only with a single cashier by the name of Bruce. <laughs> oh. Okay. So it's tricky. A year ago, when I got up to line, Bruce gave magically added four years on to my age yeah. to give me the discount. So when I go in on Tuesdays, I always have to find Bruce because someone else might just think I'm tired, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm not an actual senior yeah. yet. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's my number one. And that's good. That's a good discount. Okay. The other thing, the other place I go every day is the pool, the Rose Bowl pool for laps. And Leanne, I know you go there as well. Mm -hmm. There's a swipe card with a photo ID that you swipe in, blah, blah, blah. And I go there every day so they know me. Now, there was a new uh, girl behind the counter one night. I went, I went in and she took one look at me and gave me the free gate pass which is, you know, the for wheelchairs and special needs and people to go in. So she gave me that the gate swung open and I was like, wow. <laughs> easy I, entry. I got an easy entry. Now <laughs> So yeah, and that's that's positive. You're you... I think that's positive. I think I mean I think what she thought was I needed a little extra help. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even understand that. You're fit as a fiddle. I know. I don't. So I how many bags do you bring? That's true. You bring a I, lot of bags. I'm in your I bring a giant bag and a, uh, uh, well, can't think of the name of it because I'm too old. <laughs> I can't think of the name of it. Um, do you bring like a basket? You bring like a shower a, caddy. A shower, shower caddy. <laughs> Ah. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. Now, the other place I shopped over Christmas, not for my daughter, but for me, was Zara. Because, yeah. because I'm still laughing you... about the shower caddy. I mean, that's, that's a pool where Olympians trade. And then Sheila shows up. So I guess compared to the Olympians in the pool, the old lady with the shower caddy does look like... She, she is going to need the automatic gate swing. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. All right. Um, and then the other day I was at Zara uh, uh, returning my jeggings. You know, the nice jeggings that I get every year. Yeah. And why were you returning the, them? Well, their sizing has changed oh. a lot. Okay. <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, yeah. that's what I say every time I go to buy pants. No, their sizing has changed. I've been back a couple times uh, to get a new pair, and I keep, oh, it's been a nightmare. But again, I might just look disheveled and upset, but I get free front-of-the-line access. <laughs> <laughs> they just want to get you out of there. That's Zara. Now, everyone who shops at Zara is 19, right. and then there's me. So, you know, it's nice to know there's some nice young people out there that give a nice lady, uh, you know, 
front front of the line access. So they wave you up. Yeah, they just like yeah, they own lane. No, they said go ahead. They said they give me the go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Do you have the shower caddy with you? Is that it? Got the <laughs> the jeggings in your caddy. Oh, I think you should bring the shower caddy to Bristol Farm. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll get the in the other lane. Okay. All righty. Now, Monica, you mentioned you had some positive aging. I have a couple. Um, I find at my age, you know, I sort of have the invisible shield on and I work in the hospital. So now I'm just free to sort of openly gaze and check out the super cute doctors. <laughs> 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 I, have, I have no shame and I'm going as far as like I'm craning my neck <laughs> so I can make, make sure I get their name and their department <laughs> I ever need a new doctor and then I report back on my findings to the young singles in our office I'm like I don't know if you have an orthopedic problem you might want to see you know whoever this cute doctor was that I saw in the elevator. I just, I, I feel like that's a service I do. I check them out. I report back on my findings mm. people in the office. And uh, that's because I'm aging, you know? Right, right. Free gawking. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I writing that down. I'm writing it down. Gazing. And so the other thing that happens at work is my coworkers think I'm an adult, for some reason. Now we have this weekly breakfast club where someone brings them breakfast every Friday. And I like to bring a hot dish. I don't like to go with just the bagels or the donuts. And when they see me coming in, they're like, oh, look at Monica. Oh, she's got serving spoons. (laughs) (laughs) She brought it. Oh, and a nice dish towel. I don't know. They think that's just very adult. And um, I enjoy that because I am, the oldest person in our office and that's fine okay. right so you get some adoration from your colleagues <laughs> oh, yes well, i like that you should put that up on your whiteboard sheila <laughs> adoration you should put that up more joy more joy more and more joy more joy and adoration yeah add it add it to your whiteboard all right well that's a good list any more any more sign positive signs of aging that's it for us, Leah. You might be getting some soon. You never know. Some freebies. Yeah, I'm still a couple years off from some of those things you mentioned. So, but I, you know what? I would embrace it if it happened. I would embrace it if it happened. It's fine. It is part of it. I do agree, though. There is a sort of invisibility cloak that you wear now that just gives you the freedom to do stuff. Like, you know, <laughs> just like wear whatever you want to the grocery store. No one, literally no one is looking at you. So literally. what does it matter? You know, <laughs> or when you go to a wedding, like we, we had to go to a wedding the other a couple weeks ago and it was like, well, no one's really, no one's going to be looking at me. One, it's a wedding. Everyone's looking at the bride. But two, then they're all looking at the bridesmaids. No one is looking at us. So there you it go. Is. It's freeing. It's very freeing. You're getting into the mindset. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting ready. <laughs> getting ready for my senior discounts. Looking yeah. forward to it. <laughs> All right, you guys, this has really been fun. We're not wrapping up yet. I know, Monica, you are you pitched a couple stories we like to call tidbits, which is just... <laughs> just exactly I, what they are, Liam. Yep, yep. All right, what do you got? 
Okay, so I was looking through the list from the Consumer Electronics Show that they have every year. I think it's in Las Vegas. And these are products that you're going to want to buy. These are the hot things at the Consumer Electronics Show. And most of them, obviously, I'm not going to buy. But one kind of caught my eye, and I thought Sheila might be interested in it. It is called the Tetra Countertop Dishwasher. Oh. Do I need that? I need that so badly. Do you? So I'm going to explain it to you. It's actually quite beautiful looking. It's a box. It's like the size of a toaster oven. It's not very big. And it sits on your countertop. And from what I can tell from the video, you can fit about two cups, two plates, and a small amount of cutlery in it. But it's a standalone box, so you don't have to hook it up to your sink, which is the problem with a lot of other portable dishwashers. I know because I lived through one, which was horrible. Um, So it has like a heating element in the bottom. And then you just turn it on, and at 10 minutes, it washes and sanitizes your dishes. Again, small amount of dishes. But here's the other thing about it. They said you could also cook food sous vide you know the steaming cooking food mm-hmm. yeah the washer so imagine sheila you do your two cups and your two plates then you put a whole lobster in there <laughs> <laughs> then you just steam up that lobster yeah. on your tabletop dishwasher when you're done with the lobster you clean it out and you do the dishes again oh my gosh <laughs> i'm not kidding Well, I mean, I need a dishwasher so desperately. I do dishes all day. And yeah, I cook three, three meals. I'm doing dishes all the time. And now I've bought two dish pans to put the dirty dishes in because I can't keep up. (laughs) How do you feel about sous viding your food? I can't even think about that. I, I, I don't know what to do. Uh, I'm, I'm really at the breaking point with the dishes. <laughs> Somebody has to come in here and start helping me. <laughs> That's what happened to me because I don't have a dishwasher. And I got to the breaking point and I bought one of those portable dishwashers. This now, was- how did that work? I forget. Okay did not work well. So I had to keep it in another room. It was on wheels. And then you roll it up to your sink and you hook it up to the sink. And inevitably the water just goes, splashes all over the place and the dishwasher starts leaking. Well, yeah, your dishes are clean, but now you got a real mess on your hands. And then you have to roll the portable dishwasher back in your other room and for me i only have two rooms so it's like in the other room so that that did not last long for me i think you remember i i wanted to get rid of it so i just rolled it out to the sidewalk one day yeah (laughs) yeah remember that and i put free and it was gone in like 10 minutes um so i would not recommend the roller type but maybe this little desktop thing well that would be in your commissary Right, right. Feature in your corporate cafeteria you have there. Right, that's right. Now, Leon, you've had the same dishwasher for how many years? Well, we got a new one last year. So, uh, yeah, I do a lot of dishes. We, you know, we've done a lot of dishes. But I know it just, it gets, it's endless. They're endless. It's ongoing. 
that's is it the, endless even if you have a dishwasher? It, it is, yeah, because I cook a lot like you too. So, I mean, I, I do what I don't, what it does is it frees up counter space. I don't, you know, I still rinse, I put them in, you take them out, I'm not complaining. But yeah, I couldn't, doing the dishes for a family of four would be a lot of dishes. Uh, but so I'm glad to have a dishwasher, but it still feels like I do dishes all day long. Okay. Like, yeah. Well, we all feel that. Yes. Okay. There, <laughs> okay. Breaking news. Well, there are people out there who will want the Tetra countertop dishwasher. All right. just, I'm just, going to look into it, Monica. Thank you. Okay. I just Good. think like, do I really want to eat food cook in the same cooked in the same place where I do the dishes? Like that's a I, leap for me, but I understand that it's the same principle. So, uh, so that's all. You know. Well, the irony is I only have a couple pans. I don't know how I keep generating. I know. I, I want to cook on the oven. I'm not going to cook in my dishwasher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or on the stovetop. That's a solid policy. <laughs> okay. okay. I feel way too, Sheila. I don't want to cook in the dishwasher, even if I had one. Um, one other little piece of news, I just want to, you know, speak up for Oregonians because I believe we were mocked severely on social media this year because we have a new law in Oregon. As many of you know, uh, we have gas station attendants. We're not allowed to pump our own gas. And I frankly love that. But we have a new law that rural counties in Oregon can now have self-service gas pumps at the hours between 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. So people started bellyaching about this, and it was picked up on social media. And people were writing things like, I'm too old to learn how to pump gas, or I'm afraid to get out of my car. So I feel like the Oregonians became sort of the butt of a lot of jokes because people were saying we didn't know how to pump gas. Um, so here's my stance on it. I enjoy having a gas station attendant because it rains a lot in Oregon and I don't really want to get out of my car. So I'm happy to have someone else pump my gas. I am uh, happy to provide someone with the job doing that, but I certainly know how to pump my own gas. And this sort of goes back to that theme of keep an open mind, people. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it up in mind. Here's what I like to say. If you're saying that you don't know how to pump gas, I mean, surely if you've driven a car, there's been some time in the last decade or maybe last 50 years where you have observed someone filling your car with gas. So I'm sure you've seen it a million times. It's not that hard. Just keep an open mind, people, as far as the gas goes. <laughs> you know, what my husband, when we drive to Oregon, it's like the one thing about Oregon he doesn't like, that he can't pump his own gas. I can't tell you how many times he's just insisted on pumping his own gas and gotten yelled at by the gas station yeah, attendant. Yeah, they yell at you. I, they do. They don't want I'm sure many Californians get into the same situation. But um, I'm like with you, Monica. It's I enjoy having someone pump gas. I, I love it. So, But, yes. It's a good skill to have. I think it's true of almost any skill. You should just give it a try. Keep an open, keep an open keep mind. Keep an open mind. Watch yeah. some videos. Yeah. You'll figure out how to do it. Yeah. yeah. Not that hard. Yeah. Excellent. All right, you All guys. Right. Anything else? Anything else you got going on that you want to fill us in on? Anything? No, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Right. Monica, you? What do you guys? Oh, what do you, nope. All right. 
one little thing, just something I'm looking forward to um, in the next couple of months. First of all, we're getting Hamilton here in Portland. Oh, great. Oh, yeah, the Broadway touring company is coming to Portland, and I was able to go online right when it opened for the tickets, and I got tickets, so I'm pretty excited about that. And um, I have that you know, group of friends that we have dinner together once a month, and I have been trying to try something new. Uh, so I have suggested we had a cooking, we did a cooking class, which was super fun last month. So I was supposed to host this month again, uh, keep an open mind. Right. When I sent out the email, I said, I'm going to go off script here. How about we try brunch, brunch mm. instead of dinner, like a nice, some mimosas, some sort of egg dish thing and uh no driving at night <laughs> yeah yeah i hear you yeah no pushing around after work just much more relaxed so that's it we're doing brunch all They're right all... oh fantastic and you have the dish towels and the and the plates and the serving <laughs> utensils <laughs> and the trays i got everything i got a recipe i'm all set <laughs> All right. Good. Fantastic. Oh, you guys, this was fun. Thank you for making time in your busy schedules. I mean that. You're both full-time working girls. And so I, I'm glad we were able to schedule this. I know people have missed you. They they ask about you all the time. We miss you on air and it was fun to hear you on air. So I really appreciate you showing up and substituting for those two other sisters. Uh, Thanks, I appreciate Leanne. it. All right. Stay with us, Satellite Sisterhood. Um, up next, I'm going to be talking to Ann Bogle. She's the host of the very popular reading podcast, What Should I Read Next? And the author of the Modern Mrs. Darcy blog. She's going to tell us what we should read next. So stay tuned. All right, Monica, Sheila, thanks a lot. Bye, Lynn. Bye. Thanks to Sheila and Monica for showing up. Liz and Julie will be back from Australia next week, and we're going to hear all about their trip. So you're going to want to tune in to that. For information about our show, go to SatelliteSisters.com. You can find all the show notes there that you need. Stay with me for my bonus conversation with reader, writer, and podcaster Ann Bogle. Coming up right now. It is really a pleasure to welcome to Satellite Sisters someone I know the Satellite Sisterhood is going to appreciate. I know we have a lot of readers amongst people. Every week on the Facebook page, a group discussion pops up about what should I read next. Well, here's the woman that can tell you. Ann Bogle is a writer, a podcaster, and most importantly, a reader. Man, does she read. Her blog, Modern Mrs. Darcy, is a lovely, well-written resource for readers. And her podcast, What Should I Read Next?, actually does literary matchmaking. So we're going to talk to her about that. Hey, Anne, welcome to Satellite Sisters. Thank you for having me. Congratulations on your second year anniversary on your podcast. Thank (laughs) you. How do you enjoy podcasting? You had a thriving, beautiful blog, and now you're a podcaster. How has that sort of changed the way you've approached your work? Well, Two years isn't nothing in podcasting terms. I'm still an absolute baby talking to you. So have to keep that in mind. Um, You know, it's a different medium and I feel like you can connect with people in a really personal way. And I really enjoy that aspect of it. Now, the podcast is called What Should I Read Next? And it answers the question I think we have once a week with our friends and family. What should I read next? What are you reading? What should I read next? Uh, Tell listeners what it's like to be a part of that podcast because it's a completely immersive experience. It's 
book lovers talking about books and reading, and then you do literary matchmaking. So explain the format of the podcast for people who haven't heard it. Of course. Well, every week a guest comes on the show and we, you know, we do book talk. We discuss the books we love and hate. And actually that's the core of the show. So every week the guest tells me three books they love, one book they don't and what they're reading now. And based on that and the reasons underneath them, I recommend three books they might enjoy reading next. Now, you you study personality types a lot. You've written an entire book about it. That's really a big part of your thing uh, and who you are and how you approach life. But um, so how does that work? Do you feel like you really can tell someone's personality from hearing the three books they love and the one book they hate, I would imagine, would be the most <laughs> revealing piece of that? Well, it's no secret that I'm a personality geek. So sometimes yeah. people will start by saying, well, I'm an INTJ in an Enneagram 4. So keep that in mind. <laughs> I don't know what any of those words mean. So <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. It remains a bunch of alphabet soup to a lot of people. And we, we could talk about that sometime. I sometime. Yes. I just describe myself as the youngest of eight kids. I feel like that says it all. I don't really need to describe anything else. So in terms of my personality, but that, what, that does pack a lot of information, doesn't it? Yeah, I know. You're right. We should talk another time about that. <laughs> that would be fun. What is literary matchmaking? How do you see that? Well, I think one of the reasons I can do it is an, I'm an INFP who uh, thinks in circles, which can be extremely inconvenient when you're making your way through the grocery store, but pretty great when you're trying to see um, obscure connections that are invisible to most people between, in this case, the books that people enjoy reading. So I'm sure that we've all, if we're avid readers or we've gone to our local library or browsed a website we may see like, oh, well, if you loved this World War II historical novel set in 1943 featuring two best friends fighting the Nazis, then you might enjoy this historical novel set in 1943 featuring two female best friends fighting the Nazis. And what I found is that for many avid readers, they don't want to read the same book over and over again. They want to read another amazing story, um, even if it's set in a totally different time, a totally different place. They don't want to read the same plot. They want to read a book that generates the same emotional experience mm. as a reader. So what I try to do is listen to the underlying reasons why they especially enjoyed a book or what it was about the plot that hooked them or what it was about the emotional experience that really spoke to them and try to find another title that they can similarly appreciate, even though a bookstore would never put them next to each other on the shelf. Oh, so you're like, yeah, the Netflix algorithm times a thousand, right? I mean, you just go deeper and deeper than that. Well, it's really compelling listening when you talk to readers and they, it's just really, you, you, you want to know as the listener, you're like, okay, okay. I try to guess what you're going to recommend and I'm wrong almost every time. So, uh, <laughs> because my instinct would be, yeah, get them another book about best friends fighting the Nazis. That sounds like a good idea. They seem to like that the first time. So, but you have an extensive, you know, list at the, at your fingertips, you read both contemporary and classics, you know, tell us a little bit about your reading life. Have you always been a reader? I assume that to be true. So that's kind of a gimme question, but uh, you know, how do you make time for it in your, in your day? I have always been a reader, although my reading life definitely doesn't look the same now that it did like 15 years ago. And the biggest difference is 15 years ago, I had no idea how to find contemporary novels I'd enjoy. And um, that's not a problem anymore. Oh, but I've, I've just 
now I can articulate what it is I like in certain books and why I like them. And I still read plenty of duds just because I read so much. But, <laughs> but do I you read finish duds? Do you finish them? No, I really don't. Okay. I mean, I don't necessarily always abandon them, but especially because of what I do on Modern Mrs. Darcy, like right now, it's the beginning of the year, but we put out a giant summer reading guide every May and I only include books I've read and love and that I think our readers will too, which means I begin a lot of books and I just don't have the time right. to read, to read, start to finish, you know, 300, 400 books between January and April. I mean, I'm a fast reader, but I don't think anybody's that fast. I am definitely not that fast. So if I can see it's not going to work, like right now I'm reading tons of summer reading picks, okay. potential summer reading picks. And if I yeah. can see right off the bat, like this is not for me or my audience, I do not finish it. Okay. All right. The see, you're free. You're free, listeners. You're free not to finish that bad <laughs> book. I, I can't do it. I just grind my way through it and then I'm resentful at the, at Even the, the youngest of eight kids. I just can't. I just can't stop reading the bad books. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I still do sometimes get to the end of a book that I just couldn't put down because the author had really great narrative drive and I wanted to know what happened next, even though I didn't think I was going to enjoy it and couldn't really see it ending in a good place for me and yeah. just come to the end and gone, oh, darn it, four hours gone. What was I thinking? So I do it too. Okay. All right. So you, you read, oh, that's a, you, I, your summer reading guide is extraordinary. Again, Modern Mrs. Darcy is the name of the blog and the podcast add to your library is what should I read next? But I, I mean, we used to put out a beach bag books list and it was like eight books, but you, <laughs> yours is so extensive. And then you have book lists all the time. So you're right. How, how do you keep notes on the books that you read if you're reading that much? Is that also... Uh, you know, do you read it and then write your notes up right away? Or do you do notes as you read along? I'm just curious because you move through a lot of material. I do. Um, I should buy stock in 3M for the quantity of post-it notes I go through. <laughs> I have a bullet journal I use to make notes and okay. um, I have scraps of paper all over my kitchen counter. Okay. Well, that's that sounds reasonable. That sounds like a good <laughs> system, Anne. That's an excellent system. And how do you make time to read every day? Because you also, we well, have uh, four children, I believe. I do. Yeah, I do. I've seen the adorable photos on your website. And really, you're running a, a content empire there uh, at your blog and your podcast. So how do you make time to read every day? I know it's your job, but that's still, you still need to make the time. Yes. Well, I have put myself in, I'm sure what some would think is a rather enviable position of truly needing to read or I can't do my work. So that is a very nice, uh, I guess that's kind of golden handcuffs. Like mm -hmm. I have to do it. And so I do it, but I'm glad that that's an obligation I have in my life. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of reading in bits and chunks of time. So I will read in the carpool line or while I'm waiting for a meeting to start or you know, in the grocery store checkout. Now you can read on your iPhone on the Kindle app. I'll really? pull up. I mean, I know you can do that, but you actually read in the grocery store line? Mm, no, but a podcast guest just did. You know what? <laughs> if it's really, if it's really bad, I absolutely do. Or I'll read while I'm, you know, waiting for my haircut or while okay. you're, you know, yeah. so or you're waiting for your nail polish to dry um, just in the little bits and chunks of time because those five and 10 minute chunks absolutely add up. Um, I'm a big fan of audiobooks. I tend to switch back and forth between an audiobook and then catching up on all my podcasts on the phone. Okay. And I read before bed every night. It's just part of my rhythm. Like I feel like I need to read at least a few pages because that's how my body knows, okay, it's time to relax. We're going to sleep soon. 
I feel like you're not watching enough TV, Anna. Is that true? Do you? Know? <laughs> when, when, when do you? When do you? You're just not watching enough TV. I think. <laughs> so, no, I I, I I completely admire and appreciate it. What What have you learned from the readers of Modern Mrs. Darcy and the listeners of What Should I Read Next about? How people enjoy talking about books. How has your discussion and conversation about books evolved as you learn what listeners want and what they don't want to hear about reading? Because it's kind of tough to talk about reading, I think. And and you do an extraordinary job extracting people's stories from them on the podcast. Well, something I found is that it can be difficult to talk about a book that everybody likes. If you're in a book club or if you've gone to coffee with a friend and somebody brings up a book that everybody loved, all you have to say is, I liked it. And then your friends say, I did too. (laughs) And then you're kind of stuck. But on our show, when we talk about the books you love and the books you don't, and readers or people can love and hate the same book for wildly different reasons. There's always something to talk about. And by talking about the loves and the hates and why they spoke to you in the way they did, you can really get to really important things in the human experience through the books because you're, you're talking about books that provoke a strong emotional response. So in that way, it's a lot of fun. I've also learned that lots of our listeners don't have these avid readers, these total book junkies in their actual three-dimensional day-to-day lives. Oh, and uh, yeah. But people are always so excited to find each other. Oh. So that's been fun to provide that gathering spot out there in the world, in, in your earbuds or on the internet, where book lovers can um, talk about this thing they love so much with each other, even if they don't have people in their you know normal Tuesday night life who read 50 books a year like they do. You know, that's interesting because what I enjoy about your podcast is that you hear readers talking about classics in a way that's fresh and new. And that's, it's exactly that. Like they are, it's like you're hearing about the classic for the first time. Like when they talk about, Oh, why they love little women, like, Oh yeah, right. Who doesn't love little women, but to hear them actually describe what they love about it, it makes it fresh and new. And I can see why that, why that would be if you didn't have a book club, which I'm currently book clubless. So maybe that's, that's why I'm, I'm listening to every word on your podcast because I enjoy that. I enjoy hearing not only about books I haven't heard of or haven't read, but also hearing people discuss their love of the classics in a kind of a new, fresh way. Yeah, you're able to bring that out in them. It's wonderful. All right. We, we would wanted you to do a little literary um, matchmaking for Satellite Sisters. Uh, <laughs> we are a book club. We are, have revived it. For many years, we did a book club that just focused on biographies, autobiographies, or memoirs by or about women. And there's plenty of them to choose from. And we've had uh, an extraordinary list of of authors and uh, and books we've discussed on Satellite Sisters. Most recently, we talked to Tina Brown about the Vanity Fair Diaries. Coming up, we're talking to Caroline Fraser, the author of Prairie Fires, which is a, a very deep history on Laura Ingalls Wilder. Any books uh, that you've read recently or you think we should explore in the next year? Just a, a you know, just a little literary matchmaking for us. Any biographies, memoirs by or about women? Well, there are so many. Okay. Let's find a little more to go on. So what, what are some that you all have read that you really loved that you think you 
did for you all what you wanted it to do, whether that started a conversation or made you think really hard or just made you read it really, really fast because it was so good. You just wanted to keep reading. Oh, we're getting the full Ann Bogle treatment here. Okay. <laughs> um, I would say for me, um, personal history was one about Catherine Graham. That oh, was just jotted that down is a possibility. Okay. Okay. We love that? love that book. Uh, I, you know, and it was just an extraordinary to read about, um, you thought you knew like this extraordinary, powerful Washington woman and her personal history, you know, she was so revealing in the book and her personal history about how she got there and the, the mental illness of her husband and the sexism that she overcame and the really kind of very tricky decisions she had to make as running her own business. I, I thought that was an extraordinary book. So that's that's one that I would say. Um, I would also say the same with Madam Secretary, uh, which was Madeleine Albright's book. Okay. That was very much in the same vein. Like, you know, here's a public powerful figure that you thought you knew, but her backstory that, you know, her husband walked out on her and she was a single mom to three kids. And, you know, she was a protege of Condoleezza Rice's father, like all these sort of interesting details. Uh, I enjoyed that. And then, um, I, you know, one that was sort of surprised, of course, we love the Julia Childs biography by her, uh, her, her nephew wrote that. And that was fantastic to, to read about her. She had been a hero of our mom. Um, but I've also like, you know, I will say we read, we talked to Jeanette Walls about the glass castle the day Mm -hmm. it came out. So, you know, that was, we would get the books ahead of time and we would have to, um, you know, decide, are we going to go with this? And so that was one that obviously like right away, it was clear that was an extraordinary story. So, you know, on the complete opposite end of the spectrum of not someone who was well-known and not someone who had these extraordinary life-changing experiences. Is that helpful? (laughs) It is helpful. Okay. I'm going to throw a couple out for you that cover lots of bases. Okay. Let's try this. So first of all, since politics is a theme here, I'm wondering about No Ordinary Time by Doris Kearns Goodwin. It's about Eleanor Roosevelt and a little bit Franklin since they were, you know, since she was the first lady in during World War II. And so I knew Eleanor Roosevelt as a child and a, you know, a teenager and 20 something as um, really a source of inspirational quotes that you see on walls and offices and framed. Like, you know, you never know how strong a woman is until you drop her in tea. Like a woman is like a tea bag. Oh, that's what it is. A woman is like a tea bag. You don't know how strong she is until you drop her into hot water. There we go. But uh, Eleanor Roosevelt actually um, lived a fascinating and uh, really difficult life and struggled – really hard. And, um, I think Goodwin leans toward admirably with the role she was thrust in. She felt this duty to serve society. Uh, but her values are not the same as her husband. Their marriage was, um, not great pretty, after a pretty early point. And, um, her life was really fascinating in many, many ways. Uh, I just had no idea. It's such a good book. Doris Kearns Goodwin has this gift for making history. Like this sounds so cliche, but it's true. Just like really spring alive off the page and for making you understand what happened then, but also how what happened still affects you very much in practical ways like today in 2018. And, um, 
interestingly, there's a new book coming out by Amy Bloom, who's probably best known oh, for yeah. Lucky Us. Yeah. Um, it's coming out February or March. I've read about half of it on an airplane, and then I haven't picked it back up since well, I got home a week ago. This is fresh tip. Fra- Amy Bloom, fresh tip. Yeah. Amy Bloom. So this is definitely a novel. This is biographical okay. fiction. But this book imagines a a personal relationship that Roosevelt um, was known to be good friends with um, her personal secretary. I think oh. Lorena, she went by Hitch, Hick, okay. Lorena Hickok, I think her name was. And um, Amy Bloom uh, goes all out with this theme that historians have hinted out. Oh. And that could be a very interesting companion. I, I can't like wait to it. read the reviews on this book because I oh, think some yeah. critics are going to go ballistic and some are going to love it and think it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> so we'll see. Um I'm also wondering, uh, since, again, political memoir, Alyssa Mastromonaco has a really fun, very readable, um, casual, I think the critics have said it has like a smart big sister tone. It's called Who Thought This Was a Good Idea? And it's about her work in Obama's White House as one of his oh, political, you know, it's been a while since I've seen the West Wing, right. so the exact political terms escape me, but she was like his chief of staff for scheduling or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. She's a lively title. guest. Oh, I hadn't thought about that one. That's a great idea. Yeah. It's a really fun one. And then for a change of pace, so it's not all politics all the time. I'm wondering about Grace Coddington's memoir. It's called Grace. This is about Grace Coddington from Vogue. And I don't know if you've seen the September issue, the documentary. No. Okay. It is also fascinating. Um, she just lived such an interesting life growing up in London in the sixties and then coming to New York to work with Anna Wintour at Vogue. And you hear so much about a really interesting woman, um, iconoclastic in so many ways, just really fascinating personal background and the work she did in fashion, which thing that again affects us all, whether or not we think it does. We've all uh, seen the scene in the yeah, exactly. Prada That's exactly about what this... I'm thinking of right now. <laughs> Cerulean blue sweater. <laughs> so. Oh, this is a good one too. Okay. Oh, see, and you're so good at this. <laughs> so that's, that's a lot of fun and a definite change of pace. And then I want to rec- I want to recommend this memoir whose name is totally completely escaping me right now. Oh, don't worry. Maybe it's, it's a, it's a, a story of polygamy and it's uh, heartbreaking and it has the word glass or dirt or something in it. I'm going to tell you later. Okay. I'm tell you later. But okay. it's something like the, uh, the woman telling the story is something like the 37th wife in an, in a Mormon family. And oh. uh, she just tells this heartbreaking story about her, what seemed to her a perfectly normal childhood um, until she grew up and left. And it's, it's one of the books that isn't easy to read, but makes like really gives you a window into someone else's life that's completely different from your own, I would imagine. And it's such a good book. And I'm going to think of the title in the shower. The Sound of Gravel? Yes! That's okay. Good. Yes! <laughs> Glass, dirt, you know. So I just I typed in dirt polygamy memoir. And up, number one, The Sound of Gravel, a memoir by w- Ruth Warner. All right. That also looks fascinating. See, this is the thing about what should I read next is sometimes when I'm talking to guests, yeah. they say like, oh, well, are you going to call me back in a week and you'll give me 
your picks based on what I just said. Like, oh no, we're doing this now. I know <laughs> I that's Google the amazing. In front of me. You know, I, I'm an author and when I go on a book tour, the question I dread the, the most is what's your favorite book? Because literally, and even though I've been asked it like 8 million times, I just blank. Like I'm standing up there in front of a hundred people. I can't remember a single book. <laughs> Never mind. It's just a weird, it's a weird phenomenon. Like I should just spit something out. So I've started to do that, but I, I hate that question. I, you know, you know, what, 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 what have you just read? You're like, uh, I don't know, like six books, none of whom I can remember the name <laughs> of the titles. That's why it's amazing to me what you do, this sort of instant literary matchmaking. It's, it's unbelievable. Well, and it's I would been- love to do a, oh, sorry. I would uh, love d- to do a live action mic where I could, you know, get all mic'd up, still have great sound quality, maybe walk around covered in uh, foam or something like that to make the sound sound good. And if I could talk to podcast guests while I was standing in front of my bookshelves and could pull stuff out and, you know, just to have those visual cues, I totally get what you're saying. People don't care about the sound quality of podcasts. You can do that. You should totally do that. I could be, you know, for year, year three, you could, you could initiate that, the bookshelf podcast where you just stand and uh, just pick out books and hand them to people. Here you go. Yeah. Read this. Talk and read. (laughs) Read this. Well, what's coming up uh, in your world uh, coming up this year? Anything coming up on the podcast that you're excited? about? We did live events for the first time last year, which oh, was fun. so much fun. Oh, We're doing fun. that again. Where are you going? Do you know yet? No, because okay. we have a lot of pieces to put together because okay. I have another book coming out September 4th. Oh, good for and, you. Yeah, thank you. It's a memoir on the reading. No, it's not a memoir. Listen to this. We were just talking about memoirs. <laughs> I guess it kind of is. I'm calling it an essay collection about the reading life. It's called I'd Rather Be Reading, The Delights and Dilemmas of the Reading Life. Oh, and it's coming out September 4th. Oh, great. And live events are fun, aren't they? Isn't it fun to finally so meet fun. people? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you're. I'm sure your your people are wonderful and lovely, and are are happy to meet you too. Well, and Anna, then people yeah. get to hang out in real life. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you're a connector. You're a connector, Anne. All right. I want to thank you so much for being on Satellite Sisters. The name of Anne's podcast is What Should I Read Next? I I can't encourage you enough to add it to your library. And please check out her beautiful website, Modern Mrs. Darcy. Anne, thanks so much. Thank you for having me. That wraps up this week's Satellite Sisters. I want to thank our sponsors. We have two new sponsors this week, products I think you're really going to enjoy. We're the Satellite Sisters. Visit SatelliteSisters.com. If you need any more information and don't forget, call your satellite sister. 